Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife Bev on this fantastic Friday. There you go. Our Do Not Fear scripture for the day comes out of 2 Kings 6.16. 2 Kings 6.16 says, Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. On today's call, we're going to discuss what your inheritance should include. What your inheritance should include. <clears throat> Proverbs 19.14. Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. When I first read this scripture, I felt like God might want me to write about the joy of having a prudent and understanding wife. Immediately, I started having warm, fuzzy feelings about my fine wife, Beth. Mm -hmm. I began to recall the long list of character qualities, the most excellent things about my wife. I was getting fired up about the prospect of writing about my smoking hot wife, to use a contemporary vernacular. However, <clears throat> as I continued to meditate, the Lord directed me to write about fathers giving their children an inheritance of riches and houses. So I thought I'd write about my fine wife another day. There you go, babes. No so back worries. to the teaching. <laughs> In searching Proverbs 19.14, Strong's Concordance, we found that house means exactly what you would expect, a dwelling place. Inheritance is just that. Something is passed from one generation to the next. I heard those who promote a poverty mentality say that riches is just an inner peace, a feeling of comfort, a spiritual satisfaction. That's absurd because the Bible proves otherwise. In Strong's Concordance, riches is the word H 1952. H 1952, and it means wealth, riches, substance. According to dictionary.com, wealth, riches, and substance are defined as follows. Wealth is defined as a great quantity or store of money, valuable possessions, poverty. Property. Property. Never poverty. Property. <clears throat> or other riches. That's it. All kinds of riches in our lives. Riches. Defined as having wealth or great possessions, abundantly supplied with resources, means, or funds. Wealthy. Substance is defined as possessions, means, or wealth. I think anyone who doesn't have a hidden or opposing agenda would have to admit the reference to house and houses, Proverbs 19.14. And riches. And riches. Mm -hmm. is definitely talking about money and possessions. The Hebrew word appears 26 verses in the King James Version of the Bible. Psalm 112.3, 112.3, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness shall endureth forever. Wealth and riches shall be in Marcella's house, and her righteousness endureth forever. Wealth and riches shall be in Ray's house, 
and his righteousness endureth forever. You personalize it for yourself. Amen. Psalm 119.14. 119.14. I have rejoiced in the way of the testimonies as much as in all of the riches. I also like the contemporary English version. Contemporary English version of Psalm 119.14. 119.14, which means obeying your instructions brings much happiness and being rich. Wow. Proverbs 3.9, 3.9. Honor the Lord with thou substance, with the first fruits of all that increase. Proverbs 6.31, 6.31. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Proverbs 24.4, 24.4, classic amplified. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We could go on listing the scriptures that have the Hebrew word on in there. In that text that we that were text. reading. <clears throat> but we trust that you are getting the picture. When the word of God says house and riches, it's not just a good feeling. The word means exactly what the scripture says it means. But let's go a little further. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. According to Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word for good is H2896. H2896. And it's good, pleasant, rich, agreeable, prosperous, understanding, and excellent. You know, we think it's fair to say that a good man, a good man as defined in the scripture, is also going to be one who's rich and prosperous. Interestingly enough, the word toviv, T-O-W-B is how it's spelled, is used seven times in Genesis 1 where the scripture says, and God saw that it was good. To us, that gives a little more oomph to the word good. You know, we mean that we're comparing a good man with the same word that God used to define creation. The New Living Translation of Proverbs 13.22 says it this way, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. What are we saying here? <clears throat> but the sinner's wealth passes to Paul. The sinner's wealth passes to Bruce. The sinner's wealth passes to James. The sinner's wealth passes to Gina. You can personalize it. Absolutely. And make it your own. <clears throat> but the point is we established that a good man and a good woman leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. And there is more than one way. We're talking about wealth in this instance, but there is a good, another incredible way to leave an inheritance for your children, and that is a good reputation. Amen. Again, there are some who say the inheritance is of a spiritual nature, and no question, that's what we were just talking about. You want to leave your children a legacy of spiritual insight, of good common sense, wisdom, and a good name. A lot of not-so-good people can leave wealth to their children, but 
then they have to live with a bad reputation of how they got it. That's it. A good name, wisdom of your experience, is obviously a wonderful legacy to leave to your children and your grandchildren, but that's not what they're talking about here. The strongest concordance word of inheritance in the Hebrew word uh, world, word would be H5157, H5157, and it means to get as a possession, acquire, inherit possessions and property. The word, um, according to the Hebrew concordance of the King James, is in the scripture a total of 64 times in 59 verses, and 49 of those is translated inheritance or inherit. We scanned them over, these verses, scanned over them, and it was clear that this word, nasheel, I'm not doing a very good job of it, is not referring to something intangible, but rather something totally tangible, property and possessions. Amen. It's obviously that one of, it's obvious that one of the good, the qualities of a good man that he leaves an inheritance is a tangible nature to his grandchildren. We're not saying that every person should leave a, you know, size of Rockefeller or Buffett estates, believe me, it's all relative. But blessing them, there's a lot of ways to bless our family. Sometimes, like when they're born, you can start <clears throat> putting away little money into a, an account for them. But anyway, the scripture is clear that we're to leave an inheritance. If we scan that word again, we'll notice that it's um, generally not associated with, well, debt or a broken down, a broken down car. But anyway, but I am reminded, I am reminded of what a grandmother said to a very good friend of ours who got was 16 and got a very poor car, but it ran, right? And he said, she said, honey, she goes, listen, a poor ride's better than a proud walk. So it's we'll all relative. Remember that. I know. I love Charlie. Anyway, scripture is clear. Um, recently, we were reading um, where it, ex it hmm. It's expected that over $10 trillion will be transferred through inheritances in the next decade or two. The average inheritance is estimated to be about 200000 If that's average, there is obviously those who do much less and those who do much more. But as we were talking about yesterday, when we went by a very nice, he was a godly man, went by his beautiful house, he just passed on, and we said, you know what he left? He left everything. So here are seven tips that can protect your hard-earned money and ensure that it gets where you want it to go and not in the coffers of the government or the IRS. First thing, you review your current will or living trust, particularly if you've moved to another state. Number two, consider using a living trust if you don't have one. A living trust helps you avoid probate, reduces legal fees, and allows your beneficiaries to pay the least possible amount in taxes. Attorneys, tax attorneys know this, how to do this. Number three, be specific about who gets what to avoid family fights. There are certain legal terms that you can use to specify heirs. Again, an attorney would know what they are. And number four, determine whether or not you may need two living trusts depending on the size of your estate. Number five, maximize the benefits of life insurance. Number six, prepare all legal documents, including a fully executed power of attorney in case someone, a parent obviously becomes incapacitated. 
And seven, talk with a good CPA. They're around. You have to hunt sometimes, but they're around. <laughs> True. And several financial planners. Listen, you need a lot of input, not just by one, but you need to have the input of several counselors so that you, in the middle of the, all of that, will come out with the real, the real deal. What, I mean, something, they'll all give you different in, instances, and then when it'll start to come together in your brain. Anyway, there's a reason the scriptures discuss inheritance, but one of the more important things is don't put it off thinking, well, you know, tomorrow is another day. Yeah, big mistake. Big mistake. Join us every morning at 8.30 Eastern for Happy Trails. For Happy Trails. Happy Trails. Happy Trails down the Rich Thoughts for Breakfast <laughs> road. That's and it. And have man. a fabulous Friday. I mean to tell you. It's going to be it's fabulous. glorious. Yes, it is. It's going to be glorious. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. Bye-bye.